national champions, 1980. The Cardinals have won the national championship. 75th NCAA College Basketball Champions. Uh, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Third Banner Pod. Episode 49, it is Football Transfer Portal Week, which is a big week for any recruiting fan. And we have a lot of information in store for you tonight. We will be joined in a little bit by Rivals publisher, Louisville Rivals publisher, Ty Spalding, who is going to have the latest updates that he's getting in the portal. And I think you're going to want to tune in for that because he's got a lot of scoop to drop, I'm sure, he gets updated very well. He's going to share what he can on here. Captain Hampton, good to see you. Couch House, good to see you. I'm also joined here tonight. I'm Kyle. I'm joined by Ty, and I'm joined by Patrick. So excited. I forgot to introduce you guys first. How y'all doing? I'm uh, I'm pretty good, guys. You know, I mean, shuck it, man. Shuck it. Yep. When life gets tough, just say shuck it. When we beat UK next year, I'm going to say shuck my balls to all the UK fans. Uh, it's, it, you know, as a dad joke, like as the as the king of dad jokes, and a last name like shuck, is, it's just there's so, there's so many potential possibilities that it's going to drive all of you guys nuts. Tron, good to see you, man. You're on time. Uh, Jeff, always good to see you, man. Dan, good to see, uh, welcome, welcome to Third Banner Pod. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight in the portal. Uh, we also had the game of a lifetime to talk about later on in basketball versus DePaul. Uh, the entire college football universe is, is, is amped up and excited for that game because it's two juggernauts going head-to-head, two Goliaths in the college basketball world right now, two Titans – uh, but with that being said, we're not going to get into that till later. You know, we want to build up to that big game. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you'd have to remind me what time that is on Saturday. That's how, how excited I am about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Ty just looks excited. I can tell. I, I can't even contain my excitement. And I don't know if you can tell. I can't contain it. I'm so ready. <laughs> Um, I may or may not be sleeping through that entire game, but we'll 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 see. Well, that being said, guys, the transfer portal is hopping. Obviously, the big news right now is what happened yesterday. We landed our quarterback, at least who we think will end up being our quarterback. Uh, there's there's debate on are we going to land another quarterback or not. But as of right now, it looks like it's Tyler Shuck, seventh year um, college football senior. Tyler Shuck, who joins us after playing at Oregon. He had he played at Texas Tech. Has all the tools in the world from where I sit. Uh, can run the ball. Has a cannon of an arm. He has the height, the build. The only question is, can he stay healthy? That's the one everybody – and, I mean, it's not – I know people get annoyed by that. They get annoyed hearing, well, yeah, we've heard that. We've heard that. But I'm just saying, that is the reason why he's not in the pros already. That is also the reason why he's on his third school. So you kind of have to bring it up. Doesn't mean he won't. Uh, you know, I'm nervous about it. I'm, I'm a little leery because of the injuries. But I will say, I hope it turns out like Michael Penix did at Washington. Because before that – now, 
I'm not going to say he's Michael Penix. Like Michael Penix has always been a beast. But when he played at IU, he was awesome. He was incredible. And then the first time he get, got hit, he's out for the year every single time. Mm-hmm. So finally, IU did the same thing. They're like, all right, we're going to move on. So he says, all right, I'll go look around. And Washington said, you know, this guy's a beast. If we can just take a chance on him being healthy, uh, we'll see what happens. And sure enough, he's given them two completely healthy seasons in a row. So you never know. It can happen. Uh, like I said, not Michael Penix. I'm not saying that as much as sometimes you roll the dice, hoping that they finally catch, you know, if you catch enough misfortune, maybe you get some good luck. And the good news is, the fractures he's had, you know, all those things are fully healable. It's not like he's had strains or tears, things that you have a much more difficult time recovering from, like an ACL, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see we have Ty kind of waiting in the background, so I'll keep my what I got to say real short and sweet. But when you look at Tyler Shuck, like it is apparent, you can see when you look at, you know, highlights and tape, he does have talent. Like he is a talented kid. Um, the arm talent's there. He's actually very surprisingly mobile. Like he, he's got he's got good wheels. It it's just gonna come down to health. Um, you know, I think he started three or eleven games in the last three years. So that's gonna be the main thing. I know everybody's heard it a million times, and you know, we'll we'll see how it ends up. But the talent is there. The talent is there for sure. So. Yeah. Yep. NFL body to NFL arm strength. Can he stay on the field and? You know, can he cut down some of the turnover issues he's had? Yeah. I think those are the big, the two big questions. Right on. Well, guys, uh, that being said, you know, it is portal week. And if you want to talk about the portal and you want to get some updated information, I can't think of a better person to talk to right now than Louisville Rivals publisher Ty Spalding. So he is waiting. So without further ado, Ty, good to have you on here, man. How you doing? Doing well, fellas. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on. Good, good. Yep. So we got two ties, so I'm just going to call it uh, Rivals Tie and Kane's Tie. I'm, I'm good with Kane's Tie. I can live with that. <laughs> oh, that being said, uh, Ty, it sounds like there's a lot going on right now. Obviously, it's week one of the portal, and things are changing at a moment's notice, especially for all of us. It's, it's, all, it's new to everybody. It's new to coaches. It's new to – players and it's new to people like yourself who follow this stuff and have to keep up with us. So uh, tell us what's going on, man. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, you know, Kyle, you, you've admitted this, that, you know, you're an instant gratification person and I know a lot of us are, but, you know, I I just think, uh, you know, based on the conversations that I've had, you know, I really kind of got a good feel the lay of the land tonight um and i i you know i posted on the board maybe a week or two ago that i think this is going to be a massive haul and you know things kind of went quiet and the the name surfacing kind of slowed down but i i I feel very good about where things stand tonight um just just with louisville and, and who they're in on and and um you know, the position that this staff is in, I think that's kind of the one thing that was reiterated to me. Like, like last year, you know, Louisville staff, you know, they were just getting in place when the portal opened. You know, they were – I mean, they, they put this roster together kind of on the fly. And they had to take kids 
that that really hadn't produced at their last stop. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, there's you know some of the transfers they took. You know, they didn't have proven production at their last spot at their last school, and I think this time around you're going to see. You know, the guys they take are, are going to be guys that that produced at their previous school. So, so you know, I think you know, just generally speaking, you know, the the the, the conversation that I had tonight, you know, I, I feel very good about where Louisville is with the portal. Um, you know, I think I think what you saw in the ACC championship, as far as a talent and athleticism standpoint, you know, without getting into the ins and outs of the chances that Louisville had, you know, it was pretty obvious that Florida State, you know, they just had more dudes than Louisville did. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the easiest way to break that game down. And and I'm not saying Louisville's going to have Florida State talent next year, but I, I think that gap is going to be closed in a, in a pretty significant way. So, yeah, that's kind of just a more of a, an opening statement from a general sure. uh, perspective there. But, but, yeah, I was able to kind of talk to some folks tonight and, and you know, um, a lot of this stuff, you know, it's a, a lot of it is, you know, for Louisville's sake and my sake, a lot of this stuff you don't want to put out there. You don't want to spook a kid. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. And I know it's kind of a cop out, but it, it really, it's reality. You know, there's just some stuff that, that you just have to wait on it and wait for it to happen. You know, and that's the same with, with, with players returning that are on this current roster. You know, I think there's, there's probably three or four guys that, I, I had no idea that they were even a possibility to return that I think um, could and probably will return. So um, when you factor in the portal and the people that, that still have another year of eligibility that want to come back, I think Louisville's in a great great spot, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for, for what's to come here. That's great, man. Uh, I guess my first question would be as far as – you know, what, what positions or what, what do you think they're hitting the hardest right now uh, in the portal? Like where are they looking for right now position wise and what kind of player for the set position? Yeah. So I think it tied in, they want to bring in two or three guys and Redmond from San Diego state. I think they have a chance to get a commitment this weekend. Um, you know, that player. Yeah. That, that's a guy that, that they think they can wrap up. Daquan Wright from Virginia tech is still, very much on the table, but he's blown up, I think, more than than the staff initially thought. Um, I think there's some, some big-time schools in on him. But I think tied in, they definitely want to want to revamp that position group. Um, I think on the defensive line, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they saw Cam Wilson go in the portal, um, you know, Raheem Craig, Victoire Brown. You know, I think, I think Louisville's going to be in a good spot there. I think there's a couple people on that line that – um, are are in are in a position to return that maybe we had not thought about. I, I feel good about Jared Dawson, Des Tell, Mason Riger, um, Jermaine Lole. I think is is going to come back as well. Um, and again, you know, like I said earlier, and, and I'm not trying to give myself a cop out, but like when these players are deciding whether or not they want to come back or whether they want to go pro, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's, you know, that could change, like just the discussions going on behind the scenes and, and what they could potentially make if they do come back. But that stuff changes. It really does. So, you know, I think the interior of that defensive line 
if you bring back your contributors and add to it, you feel good there. Um, offensive line, I think, you know, Gonzalez and Renato Brown, I think both of those guys are really like this staff and, and are two guys that have played a ton of football and they should be back. Um, so I think they probably want three caliber starting caliber offensive linemen transfers to go along with Renato, Michael Gonzalez, and Austin Collins will be back as well. And then a kid that I had for, totally forgotten about, um, Lance Robinson came in from Houston, I believe, this last go-around. And, and it, this that was actually his second school. So he had to sit out this year. Mm-hmm. And I had totally forgotten about him. But the way it was framed to me was if he was eligible this year, he would have helped in a big way. He, he would have played. Um, so I think he's another guy that that will will get a good shot to start. So when you factor in Collins, Gonzalez, Renato, and Robinson, you know you've probably got three or four starting caliber linemen there already. And then if you go out and get two or three more, you know there's your seven or so that they like. Um, receiver, I think you know Jamari Thrash. I, you know I asked this person you know, about him and. It's one of those that, you know, it's just it's just all about, you know, the discussions and the negotiations. And, you know, so I think he could return, but um, I, I don't I'm not ready to call that one yet. Um, so I think that's sort of another position group that really want to upgrade the talent there. Um, I think there's a couple guys they like, but but again, like, you know, they, they had to bring in a couple transfers last year, you know, just to kind of fill fill some gaps there and. And, and just kind of you know plug some holes. So I think this time around they're really gonna really gonna look for for production, previous production there. You know, running back. I think you know I think Jawar. You know I, I don't I don't feel as good about him returning as I did maybe yesterday. But again, like these are just very fluid situations, and you know um, I think it's going to be another situation as you had this year where you kind of have a. Uh, maybe a, an RB one, and then you have a, a second running back that that maybe you know fits the mold of a Garendo, where that just does some different things, brings some different things to the table. Um, I think Cheney could fit the Garendo role really well for Miami, and that's a guy that they really, they really like to kind of take that role on. And um, yeah, they they were on him real early there, and you know Rocket Sanders from Arkansas is going to be in the mix. Um, beast so I, I, I think you know the way it's put to me is you know they think they're gonna they're gonna have some some great backs there and they they um you know they the running backs all what Louisville produced this year at that position so I, I feel good there um in the secondary I mean look like um MJ Griffin will be back and, and Devin Neal will be back as well um oh really Neal's coming back yeah so Neal will be back nice. Um, and look, like you couldn't have, you couldn't ask for any more experience at safety than those two guys. You know, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. I mean, those two guys have played a ton of football. Um, and then at corner, you know, I think, um, I think one of the starters this year, uh, I don't want to say a name just yet, but I think one of them is heavily considering returning there. And then the, the guy they won in the secondary is Will Lee from K State. Um, and I, what I was told is he could be he could visit as soon as um, as soon as next week, and Louisville thinks they have a real live shot there. So he's a big corner too, tall corner. So yeah, so what they, like, they said he could be 
you mentioned his frame. The way it was told to me is like he he would be one of the better tackling corners that that we've had here in a while. Just mm-hmm. just with his physicality and size and that's high praise with Jarvis Brownley. Yeah. yeah, and uh, obviously A and M's on his list. And you know when you recruit against A and M in the portal, you know I wouldn't go into it you know with a defeatist mindset of we're never gonna we're never gonna beat them. It's more so a situation where like you gotta get you gotta get the kid you're talking to to kind of understand like A and M's gonna throw numbers out there you know that's what they do um, but what when you when you peel back the curtain you know the couple of their 2022 I mean I probably five or six of their 2022 uh, guys in the 2022 class you know have dipped out and so like. You know, if Louisville can kind of, you know, get in their ears and, and, you know, tell them like, hey, like, make sure you make sure you do your homework there with A&M and make sure you really, you know, make make sure those numbers that they're throwing out, you know, make sure those are, are, are real numbers. So so, I, you know, recruiting against A&M is a, is a is a beast in its own right. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't just assume that A&M is going to going to beat Louisville for every kid that they go up against. Obviously, it's not an ideal competition, but that's kind of a maybe a, um, a, a misguided assumption there with A&M. They should ask Evan Stewart his opinion on all of that. Um, yeah. He was like their their five-star receiver who said he didn't even get a dime, so I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Ty, I wanted to ask you real quick. You mentioned tight end. Um, I kind of wanted to get into that conversation. I, in my opinion, and obviously I think they should try to get a body or two in that room, but in my opinion, I think the position's in a much better position than what it was last year. I thought Nate Kariski really kind of held his own when he had, even he was in there. Uh, Joey Gatewood obviously had some moments, and then you have Jamari Johnson. We've also kind of heard rumors of Isaiah Cummings. Do you feel pretty strong about that happening or no? Um, so with Cummings, um, I don't know how, how much I'm allowed to say there. I think it's more, I think he would like to come here, but it's like, um, there's a, there's some stuff behind the scenes, you know, with agents involved and whatnot and, and what, you know, they, he's not off the table, but I, I don't know that he's, um, I don't know that he's like a guy that Louisville's going to jump on right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, like, you know, he's a uh, he's a kid that would like to come here, but you know, it's it's all it's it's like you know, it's just kind of like uh, it's just kind of like being a general manager now, and you've just got to you just got to see like where you can allocate resources and and you know what you can you know what you can you know where you know where you can get the most out of your resources, and I think that's kind of a a conversation point with Shuck is like, like Louisville really feels like they they got an an NFL talent at quarterback as a steal. They really do. And, um, you know, I think you know some people you know shot down the idea of Louisville adding another. You know, I, I'm not going to comment any further on that. I posted what I know last night. Um, I just I'm not going to say anything else there. I I would just I would just you know stay patient at quarterback and, and just see what happens there. And, and look, all, and all the people saying, you know, Pierce isn't going to get a shot. Like everyone in that room is going to get a shot. Like that's, 
you know, last last go around, it was mainly plumber, plumber, plumber. And obviously, I think Shuck's the favorite, but I, I think everyone's going to get a look there. And and I think when you look at what what Louisville got as far as a talent standpoint at quarterback and the way they were able to get him, you know, you know a lot of people looking at Chuck in a, in a different light, you know, they feel like they really got a bargain there. And, um, and look, if you can surround him with talent and, and use your resources – surround him with the right pieces. Louisville feels like they can win uh, enough games with him at quarterback and the right talent around him um, with Chuck quarterback. So you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about that spot. Did the staff, you know, with the injuries, it's like the, the staff looked at the injuries and the way it was framed to me is like a lot of staffs would look at those injuries and be like, nope, that's a no-go. But this the staff, to, the way it was framed to me is like, they just look at this kid as a football player and, and, and broken bones are going to happen on the football field. Like it's, it's part of it. They don't, it wasn't a turn off to them at all. And um, so they, I mean, look, they, they think that for what Chuck can bring and what he, um, and what they can surround him with, they, they feel good about it. So they're not super worried about the injuries per se. Like they've kind of done their homework on that and they feel good about it or. They had the conversation about him. Um, they, like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's, they, they, I mean, they just feel like when you play, like when you play football, you know, broken bones are going to happen. They, they, there's no, there's no lingering or nagging injuries, you know, like a, you know, like a, a hamstring, you know, lingers a lot, you know, when you have your know, reconstructive surgery, that could kind of linger and, but there's nothing like that there. They did their homework. They they feel good about where he's at health wise. So so yeah, I, th- I think they 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 very much went over that and and they they're very much um, very much in the boat yeah. that you know they they they'll, they'll take their chances with what with what uh, what they got there. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know I, I think when you're a school like us who. who who's on the rise, but not a Texas A&M, a Georgia, something like that. You know, you've, you've got to take some risks with, uh, you know, high risk, high reward type players, which Shuck probably is with his injury history. But man, if, if he, if he fills out that, that talent that he has here and we surround them with receivers and, you know, Good running back. Yeah, and, and like real quick on the quarterbacks, it's like when you look at like Kyle McCord and DJ, you know, it's like, do you, how much of an upgrade do you think those two are over a healthy shot? Because if you're not so sure how much of an upgrade they are, you know, do you want to, do you want to push all your chips from a resource right. standpoint in on, on a maybe more of a, a sexy name that, that they don't know that they're that much more of a home run uh, than Chuck is. So, so yeah, it's just there's a makes sense. A lot yeah. of factors at play there, and and look, I know you know I'm not going to sit here and tell people that just close your eyes and trust the staff with quarterbacks. Like, you know, that's not my job. Um, but they did their homework. That they, they had the kid in uh, for a multiple day visit. Um, and look, like it's going to be up to the staff to to communicate their plan and what they see in Chuck, and you know they that's up to them. It's not up to me. I, I don't want to tell anyone. I mean, I get the I get the hesitancy from some of the fans, but look, 
that's the staff's job. We just have to assume and, and trust that they 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 did they checked all the boxes they needed to check and, and they they kicked the tires that they needed to kick the tires and, and, and look that's I think I feel good that that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Ty, I got a question for you. Um I read you I was perusing your update on on the Rivals board and any of our listeners, you know, give give uh, Ty and Rivals a try. There's a lot of good info there. A lot of good um, info. Yep. Um, and you know, you've hit on a lot of a, a lot of this stuff you kind of wrote tonight. But one thing I kind of wanted to get into is not specific players, but our collective, which you know, you, you'll get into talks with people, and people say, oh, "Is our collective great? Is it good? Can it compete with the the top level schools?" Um, I know in your update, you kind of said, hey, it, it, if it's not great, it's really good. So, you know, when you look at a pecking order of collectives, and I know we don't have all the info and stuff, but would you say that, you know, we can at least compete maybe not on the top level of a Texas A&M, but, you know, right below those type of schools? Yeah. I mean, um, like, I mean, with Will Lee, for example, the case they transfer like like Louisville's not 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 scared that AM is is in his final group of schools there. I mean that that kind of should and look if they don't get them like you know don't come you know you know don't come you know over the hills at me like what 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 you told me we could outbid AM like no I'm not saying that but like they're not they're not gonna shy away from a kid that has AM in their in their finalists. And um and look like there's there's a lot of people that deserve a lot of credit um with the collective and where it's at, but you know, a guy that behind the scenes that that you know I, I I've you know I've really uh has have a lot of respect for uh Mark Spiegel started the the five oh two circle and he he um, he started a, a a waste company Rubicon, and you know he he's just he's put you know from the technology standpoint um, and just like there's a lot more that goes into a successful collective than the money. Like you've got to have the platform, you've got to have the um, you've got to have like I said the technology aspect of it. And, and Mark's done a great job there. And um, so, yeah, I, I really like I really, really like uh, what the 502 Circle is doing. You can 100 percent guarantee that if you're making contributions, that it's being used. Um, and the people that that are allocating those funds are are just as big of fans as as, as everyone else is that Mark grew up in Louisville. He's uh he uh, went to Eastern High School. He graduated from U of L, and he moved down to Atlanta for business. Um, but he's he's just a diehard fan that 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 went to Josh Hurd and said, you know, what can I do to make sure that that we don't fall behind and that we're in a position to compete? And this these conversations were going on, you know, as as long as two years ago. You know, Mark um, started the you know had a vision and, and really put it together well. And there's the people running that are are fans at heart, and that's that's what you can feel good about. They they um, they want U of L to to do well, and that's that's the best that's the best scenario. So yeah, I, I think 
you know, it's like, like I said, you really can't, I can't sit here and tell you, you know, that, that Louisville can for sure outbid X school, but it's, it's just a, a case by case basis. And, and I just, I don't, I think the best way to put it is I don't see NIL preventing Louisville from getting where they want to get. I think that's really, that's really kind of the, the long and short of it is the situation here is, is, is not one that's going to hold anything back. I think that's kind of the best way to put it. Uh, I have a quick question. Somebody in the chat actually asked this too before. And I was like, you know, that's a question I was going to ask, but I feel like every two seconds I look on Twitter, there's a new five-star Texas A&M player in the transfer portal. Speaking of Texas A&M, I know about how we have to bid against him for future portal players that they're also interested in. But are we interested? Have you heard that we're in on any of these dudes that are leaving there? Because, and to me, that would be a red flag too. So some of these guys coming in on visits, like why in the world do they have like five star to five star in droves and current players that are instant impact are like jumping ship? Like something's not right there. I know they had a coaching change, but I mean, my goodness, when you have that much talent, it's like, holy crap, where's it all going? So have you heard about any of those guys that we might be in on? So Walter Nolan is the big, um, is the, the maybe the biggest uh, five star to enter the portal from A and M, and I think he's probably going to go to Ole Miss or Tennessee. Um, but yeah, it's a really weird dynamic down there because Elijah Robinson is their ace recruiter, and he's still coaching the team through the bowl game. But while he's coaching the team, he's also recruiting for a Syracuse staff that has some serious juice. So he's it's a weird situation there because he's still you know running AM's practices and around the team, but he's also in the same breath recruiting for a different program. So it's a weird dynamic down there. And and I think that they you know, I don't haven't heard Louisville connected to any of AM's players, but just from a national standpoint, it's a weird dynamic down there. They they've got a coach that that's still coaching the team for the bowl game. That's also the main recruiter for a lot of these guys entering the portal. Yeah. And so, you know, he's having to, Elijah Robinson's having to balance like, Hey, like I still am not, I'm not telling any of these A&M guys that recruited into the portal. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing any of that. I'm, you know, I still got their best interest at heart, but, hmm. but at the same time, he's out there offering kids on behalf of Syracuse. So yeah, yeah, I didn't know if we were in on any of those guys or not. I haven't heard a single name from yeah, Texas. Yeah, I haven't. Um, like I said, it's – you know, A&M is – they've got all the money in the world, but I think from Louisville's perspective when they when they recruit against A&M, you know, they – if they can kind of get the, the kids and the – to try to do their homework and, and make sure that they're um, – that they're just doing their due diligence down at College Station, I think – I think it – you know, I think it's a situation where you just gotta gotta make sure the the kid knows that that you know A and M's having some people leave. Um, but yeah, Kyle. No, I haven't answered your question. I haven't heard any uh, any any names from A and M to, to be connected to Louisville. What happened? I'm just gonna go ahead and ask this, and you know, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier. So, if you don't feel comfortable really diving into it, then then don't. But we have seen on Twitter all the rumors, even despite the shuck commitment of guys like DJU and um, 
Kyle McCord. Do you even think that that was real or do you like what was your opinion on that? Because I know Pete Thamel had mentioned DJU and us and I don't, you know, Pete, I don't think makes that stuff up. He's as legit as it gets, but I'm just curious what your opinion on that was. Do you think that's even a possibility or do you think it was just kind of smoke? Man, that there's a, I did get some clarity on that, but I don't know how much I'm allowed to share. Um, I think I'll, I think the best way to put it is like, I think, I don't know that this staff, like, did, I don't know that they felt like McCord or DJ would be a home run in a way that Shuck wouldn't. Um, I don't. I think the DJ stuff was more on on DJ's end, but that's kind of really all I can say on that. Um, I, I just. I mean, there is a there is there is you know Thamel. There, I mean, he did get it. Uh, he did get it from a good source, but it's just um, just kind of some back channel stuff that I that I am not at just uh, am not, not at the discrepancy to share uh, just right now. But, but I think what I said about quarterback, it can kind of cover it and that you really got to ask yourself, like, are the, either of those two guys, a, a home run that, that is a, a major gap between them and Chuck. And I don't know that you can definitively say that. Um, but yeah, I, that's kind of the best way to answer it. And then my other question would be, we haven't heard a ton just yet about the receiver position. And do you, do you know of any possible names there? I know you kind of mentioned there's still a chance that Jamari could come back, but any possible additions? I, I know a lot of the fans really want Deion Burks. I know that's obviously everybody does at this point. He's one of the top available guys. But I want that Lacey kid. Lacey is another one from yeah. South Alabama. I don't think Burks is coming here. Um, I don't. I don't really know. I don't have a. Don't really have a great uh, reasoning. Um, it, I didn't really get one or ask for one, but he. I don't expect him to end up here. I think Colin Lacey's in play. Um, there's a kid from Coastal Carolina in play as well. Um, Jared Brown, I believe, is his name. Um, Xavion Thomas is an interesting one because he's been, um, he's been very hot and cold with Louisville from his high school days, even to last go around with the portal. I think Louisville may try there one more time, but, uh, the way his friend of me is just like this position group will be one of the most talented wide receiver rooms that Louisville's had in, in a while. So, and I know people want names and, and, um, you know, it, me just saying that I get if you don't believe me, but I would just kind of wait for the dust settle there, uh, mm -hmm. dust to settle there. Um, you know, I think um, I think with Amari, like you know, the staff they like what he they like what he can do, and they, they'd like to have him back. Uh, Kevin Coleman, I think, is another guy that they want back, and will be probably will be back. Uh, Chris Bell, they like, but I think just. In general, I think they they really feel like they need to get some 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 elite talent in that room for this next year. Yeah, so Jared Brown had it looks like 
I'm looking up his stats. So he had 58 receptions for 740 yards and four touchdowns, but he also had like 300 rushing yards, which that must be the offense that they run. I don't know. 300 rushing yards for a receiver. (laughs) It sounds like he's a player, though. Or 252s. He had 15 15 carries for 252 yards. Good grief. The average yards per carry. Like, I need to go look at his highlights now. So, Jared Brown, Coastal Carolina. I got to look up this dude's highlights because if you have 15 carries for 252 yards, that's that's like, what, 15 yards a carry or more? I, I don't want to get too big into math here. I don't want to hurt my brain, but good. Yeah, grief. they told me there was no math involved today. So, I'm. Well, yeah, it's I'm well over 10 math. yards because 15 carries would be 150. It, it's. It's damn near 20 yards a carry. I need to see what they're doing over there and how fast this kid is. That kind of gets me excited. Not even know because I don't I've never heard that name until now. So when Ty starts saying names I haven't heard, I immediately just go to Google, look up their stats. And then if they're really good stats, I'm like, okay, I gotta oh, I got yeah. one of the uh one of the other guys I forgot uh, I got some pretty good intel on is Peebles from Duke. Um I believe he's going to Missouri this weekend. Um, someone can double check me on that. But the way it's worded to me is that he um, he's right now Louisville's going to get his final visit. And if he gets to the visit without a commitment, I, I expect him to be, be in a Louisville uniform next year. And that kid is, is just as highly regarded as Oban is. Um, I, I didn't really I didn't really get any uh, good feedback on open. I don't really know what's going on there, but um, Peebles, I believe that's his name. Yeah. Um, he's uh, yeah, Peebles. He's if Louisville can can kind of stay stay in contact and and just keep him on the board um, until he gets to his visit. I, I think you should feel good about that one. So on behalf of Macro, who's a who's a very diehard pod listener, obviously Peebles would be a good player for him. Uh, I, I also want to ask about Thor out of Harvard. He's like 300, what is it, 320 or 330 pounds and like bench presses a bus. I mean, a dude's a beast. Uh, my understanding, last I heard, was that we had a really good shot at him and he's supposed to be visiting this week. You know, have you heard anything different on him? I have not heard anything on him now. Um, you know, I think like, like I said, I, I mean, I don't know how, you know, how, I mean, everyone felt about the D line this year on the interior, but like, you're oh, going to get good. Yeah. You're going to get Dawson back. You're going to get tell back. I mentioned Lola's is, is looking like he's going to come back. Um, so like, you're going to get a lot of returning production there uh, on the, on the, you know, I think Dawson's a dude that like, he's just a dude. He's a, when you look, he look like from a, a physique standpoint, he stands out. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's a big, he's a big he's old boy. Um, so I think like, I think there's going to be some, um, there's going to be some continuity on that defensive line that carries over from this year. So, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not saying they're not going after Thor or anything, but I think, uh, I think they've got a, a really good uh, foundation there to build off of from this year. Yeah, I was a bit surprised to see the amount of defensive linemen that we interior defensive linemen that we're bringing in, considering all these guys returning. I think that was my biggest shock. I thought maybe we'd land one guy, but you're hearing about 
four or five guys, whereas like receiver, I thought we'd hear a whole bunch. Tight end, we are hearing a lot about, which that's one I expected. I thought I'd hear a little bit more about receiver and defensive back, which Lee out of K-State, that's a guy that we're in on, like you said. I haven't heard a whole lot of big names yet. But correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding here is that you know, we're going to be very selective this time, whereas last time we brought in waves of dudes because of the coaching staff coming in and kind of having to scramble. We bring in waves of guys, and we may have taken a bit more than we normally would have. And you kind of alluded to that earlier. But I'm guessing the reason why maybe the names we're not getting in droves like we were last time is it because they're being much more selective, you think, and saying like, hey, this guy may not be Louisville material going forward. Uh, so we're not going to go in on him, and we're kind of waiting for other guys maybe to jump in there. Yeah, like uh, I don't. I think people get caught up on just because like they're not, they're not hearing names that it means that they're not in on certain guys, and like there's a, you know sometimes keeping things under wraps is gives you a better chance to to land the kid. Um, Moving in silence. Yeah, yeah I was no, gonna I say moving silence like lasagna is what you're trying to say, huh? No, no, I'm kidding. Coaching staff has proven themselves. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning, I think this is a situation where everyone they want to bring in, they want to have that player with proven production at their previous spot. Um, Even if that's at a G5 level, they they want to see college football – you know, they want to see tape from college football games from the guys they're bringing in versus just kind of taking flyers on guys that, that were buried on the bench at, at previous spots. So, yeah, that, that definitely play into it a little bit. Um, until until I'm proven otherwise, and I may end up with egg in my, on my face, I don't anticipate that being the case, I'm going to remain extremely optimistic um, that, this, that this, this team next year is going to be going to be in a very good spot. So I did, you know, running back is is kind of a huge question mark. I think that, oh, there he is. Um, I think that it all hinges on Jawar, really, and his decision is my understanding. It doesn't sound like Garendo is going to come back. I think at one time he was kind of leaning towards, hey, I might come back, and now he's kind of back to, I don't think I'm coming back. So with that being said, we are in on a couple of guys. Rocket out of a – Arkansas had like 1,300 yards two years ago rushing, and he had like two or 300 receiving yards, if I remember right. So like 1,500 total yards of offense, a beast. I assume he would only come here, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this from what you're hearing, I assume he would only come here in the event that Jawar does not come back. I just can't imagine. A, now, I'd love it. I can't imagine a backfield where both of those two guys are your running back one and running back two. I would assume that there's not there's only one football and there's only so many snaps. So it would I, be I the would most assume. elite running back nickname group in the country. Rocket and Jaws. Ro- yeah, <laughs> that's true, Rocket Jaws. Um, and then also you talked a little bit about Chaney, but, and you did already kind of allude to him maybe replacing Garendo, which is what I assumed. Because if you look at Chaney Jr. out of Miami, he's a guy who he came off – he played this year, but he came off of – I believe was it an ACL? It was an injury that had him yeah. sit out the entire previous season. But he averaged over five yards a carry this year and had 500 yards. That sounds kind of Garendo-esque as far as production. Now, can he catch as well as Garendo? Garendo, 
That's the most underrated part of his game is he could catch anything. That man could basically be a receiver out there. And then, of course, he returned punts. So I'm not sure if he can do that stuff. But rambling aside, I guess I'm kind of trying to figure out what the pulse is on the running back situation. And if we think we have a good shot with both of those two guys or just one of them. I mean, I've so I think like myself and a lot of others were kind of looking at Jawar's social media activity as a sign he's returning and there was some definite smoke there that he might, but I think they're recruiting as if they need to get a true RB one. And um, so, I mean, look, that could change. And like I said, I think it's, I think you've got to recruit as if you don't have a fallback plan. Like you can't, you can't kind of recruit, you know, half, half ass in, in kind of hope to war returns. You've got to, you got to go after, the best available and and just kind of figure that out later. So yeah, I think they're in the market for for an R for I think they're in the market for a, a difference maker there. Yeah, okay. and, and I guess at this we point, have a couple we, good ones coming in. Go yeah. ahead, Pat. Sorry. I guess at this point we we've come to the conclusion that Isaac is it definitely not coming back, or is there still an opening there? Um, I don't think he is. Um, I got like I think two or three weeks ago, like while the season was still going on, he was there was a good chance, but I something may have may have changed there. Because um, like I, I like Kyle said, I think Cheney would be really like a, just a perfect replacement for Garendo there. Any any time you can kind of keep that Miami pipeline, whether it's through the high school ranks or the portal, anytime you can keep those channels open, that's that's always a good thing. So. I think uh, I I'll probably operate under the assumption that Garendo's not going to be back. But um, I mean, look like like I mentioned, it's a lot of this stuff. There's a lot that goes into these decisions, especially now when there's money on the table. So it's just a different ball game when trying to predict who's coming and who's going. I'd recommend anybody look up Donald Cheney's highlights for Miami. Now in the old days of their banner pod, we'd throw it up there, but uh, YouTube feds caught on to us and suspended us once for that so we we uh can no longer uh get on youtube and do that so those days are over but he is a very explosive running back he's a hard hard nosed runner and he kind of has that frank gore type of style i'm not saying he's frank gore nobody nobody take that to heart i'm just saying that's his running style he's a hard power runner and i would love to see a guy like that whether we you know keep Jawar or not, I think he would compliment Jawar very well. And, of course, the Arkansas kid, you can land – I mean, you obviously, for me, if you can keep Jawar and not land the Arkansas kid, Rocket, then fine, you know, great. But I'll tell you what, I don't think you miss much of a beat if the kid comes back fully healthy and is able to reproduce the same type of season he had two seasons ago. I mean, that's the best you could possibly ask for if you lose a guy like Jaws. You can't forget about Mo Turner also. Like, he, you no, know. If, if we can keep him, I agree. Yeah, there's a, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask her, but, or, um, or have anything else to add, but like, there's some really promising, like, Kewan Brown, like, I think he could yeah. be a nice bat. Yeah. I, like Duke, I really like Brown. Like Duke yeah. Watson, I believe, is now a four star on Rivals. I believe someone passed that along. Yeah, yeah, dude's a beast. He's coming in. Um, 
Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, yeah. So Duke Watson is a four-star now in Rivals. So, um, so like you've got like Maurice Turner. Like he came in and gave Louisville their best run of the game against Florida State. Yeah. So like it's, it's tough, and he's you know it's it's really tough to to really balance like do you want to develop young guys or do you want to go out in the portal and get a, a proven commodity? It's, it's a tough yeah. balance to, to, to manage. And, and I, but I do like, like, I think he won Brown, man. I, I'm, I really liked what he, I mean, I get, I get it was against Murray state, but like that was, he showed some nice flashes. So, yeah. so, I mean, I think, I think even, you know, I think it's just going to be one of those things like, you know, if you do lose someone from out of that room, you should probably assume that that means that someone's coming in. Um, but that room, I mean, it's it's in a good spot. And and look, we you know you saw what Brom did this year with Jawar and Isaac. So, you know that it shouldn't be hard to sell a running back on production. Yeah. Or, yeah. I will say. Oh, go ahead. You know, with 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 running backs and the way the game is today. I think more so now you see, especially in college, running backs know they've got to save their body. So they're they're not as upset if they're not getting time their freshman, sophomore year. Obviously, Turner's, you know, over that hump now, and I'm sure he wants to probably see some more carries. But, you know, I wouldn't worry about freshmen and trying to trying to, you know, get them carries and stuff, because I think running backs, you know, with the, with the life that you have uh, both in college and if you want to go into the pros, like you don't want that wear and tear on your body where, hey, I'm a stud freshman and I'm going to start carrying it 20 times a game as a freshman. That, you know, you do that for three years and you shorten your NFL life maybe. So um, I think that, that, you know, that's why you always see, you know, in the running back room, you, you'll see guys who, I mean, even Jawar was here for two years before he kind of took over the reins. So, yeah, no, I mean, Jawar is a perfect example of a guy that just kind of waited his turn. And and look, you never know; you could start the season as a four stringer, and two weeks into the season become a second stringer just just of just because of injuries and wear and tear. So, yeah, I, I think Louisville could definitely. Use Jawar as an example to some of the other guys they have in the room of of just you know, be patient and just be ready. You know, I think I think um, that's a really good case study that they have at their disposal um, when it comes to running backs. And and I think another thing is I think running backs also. You mentioned you know they know that they have a a, a cap on on their bodies, but I think you know if if Louisville can kind of develop a a a reputation for for pass catching running backs, like that could be another way for for guys to get on the field because you know if you if you can be a threat to catch the ball in the backfield, you know that can that's a skill set that that translates to the NFL. So you know finding a way to develop that as well. I, I mean I know they hit on a you know they hit on some nice screens in this uh, running back screens uh, in the season, but that's just another way to kind of get the ball in the running back's hand. So, so yeah, I mean, I'd like to hold on to everyone there, but, um, and I think it would definitely be awesome just because I think Jawar is like, I'm not saying I prefer one way or the other, but I, I think, 
Jawar's really I think this this city and his fan base has really grown to love him. And I think a return announcement would get people even more juiced up than a commitment from Rocket Sanders would. And I'm not saying that's the right like the right way to go. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like when when you're when you're already here. Yeah, when you have someone here that that's been a an ambassador for this program like Jawar has and, and really is um, you know, he I mean he look, he wasn't the same running back, but he played and a lot of people would have hung it up and packed it yeah. in. And that was definitely like Jawar, like that was definitely something that he, he had to consider. Um, but he did he didn't. He he played through it and so I think a return announcement would just really kind of get people you know, I think that would, you know, get people even more excited than a big commitment out of the portal would. Um, but I think either way, Louisville will be fine there. So my last question, Ty, about all the portal stuff. Obviously, last year, I think we had a really good year in a portal. I mean, we saw where people were rating a top three class, top five class, in the, and it was his first go around. Obviously, I know you've heard this. I've heard of this. Multiple people have heard this is going to be better than last year. This is going to be an even better offseason portal class than what we brought in. Do you still feel that way now that we're underway? Yeah, I mean, I think it all just comes down to, like, if you base your opinion off rankings. So, like, like it's just going to – like, I don't know from a number standpoint if – I can't imagine that they'll be – especially with some of the returns on the table – um, I don't think they're going to be in a neat, in a position to need to take as many as they did last time around. But I think from a quality standpoint, I think this will be better. Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, well, Ty, I, didn't know, I didn't know if you wanted to stick around for the game of the century talk in basketball for DePaul, or if you had to, if you had to step off, that's <laughs> up to you. If you want to stick around, because it's, I mean, I'll, I'll stick around, but okay. Let me drop this nugget on the basketball, and this didn't come from any conversations I had tonight. This is just uh, – I would just pay attention to this. Um, if you noticed, there was a very prominent player on Kansas State's team that was dismissed, um, and I don't think one Jerome Tang is too happy with his bosses for that decision. So Tang gang. Ty Elliott. The Tang Gang lives. Jeff left. Are you on here, brother? Tang Gang. Oh, so Naquan Tomlin is a uh, is a is a dude that played a huge role in Kansas State's run to the Elite Eight last year. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's a six eleven center. Um and he was suspended from the team. And I believe uh, I believe he got arrested or something maybe over the summer, but uh, Jerome Tang is not happy. Um, the way it was put to me, he is not happy with the decision that was made um, to uh, kick that kid off the team. So I would just chew on that, and and you can read into that what you may. Oh, hey. I'm for it. I'm, I'm... I have read into it, and I'll tell you what it means. Tang gang. Yeah. Tang gang. Uh, yeah. I feel bad for the kid, but that, that sounds like good news to me. So, yeah. Good news for us, maybe. But first. Yeah. I, so I don't know. You know, I don't know anything around the kid. More so for me, it's just uh, you look at a lot of the, like, you just look at 
the coach's relationship with their AD and, and the president and the administration. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that decision came, I believe it came from the AD or the president at K-State. Um, so, um, yeah, I would just say that. Um, Jeff, Jeff, you're always hating about Tang to Louisville. Come on, man. I would just say that I think Jerome Tang is, is not too happy about that decision that was out of his control. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so obviously that's not, I mean, we, we're not going to, I'm not going to go into, we're not going to do anything like that until there's an opening here, but um, this is, you know, coaches putting their names out to agents um, yep. that they would be interested. That stuff happens year round. So yep. um, I, I would say tonight, maybe a, uh, a turning point um, with, with Tang and K-State um, as far as how happy he is there. Yeah, yeah, I was I was reading some stuff while while you were talking there, Ty, and I think it's pretty telling that the announcement on Tomlin's dismissal came from the AE and not Tang. Usually, yeah. usually the coach is ha- handling yep. those announcements, yep. not, not the athletic director. So. And unless because of that, so, I, unless you're so pissed off that you're like, you you don't want to send me out there. Yeah. And be- because of that, I think Jerome Tang is going to be tuned into the game of the century, and that is Louisville yes. versus Paul. Well, not only Tang, but every coach in America that's mm-hmm. not playing at that time because yeah. it is the game of the century. Two Goliaths, two Titans in the Power Five. Uh, sub Power 200. Six. Power Six in basketball. Power Six. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the correction. We do not yeah. need to get things wrong about this game. So yeah. this is – the return of a boss. We get to see Churchill boss could drop a 2020 double, double on us because Kenny Payne in the prime peak of portal season took a trip, got on a plane. Then instead of taking a taxi, he had to ride a camel all the way to a hut, go meet up with Churchill boss somewhere in Africa, take several days out of his time just to say, Hey, I wanted to meet you to let you know, you're not good enough to come to Louisville, but thanks for your consideration. All right. Nice to meet you. You forgot now, the canoe ride. Yeah. The, then the he took the camel back, hopped on the plane, came home, didn't land half the guys we could have landed in the portal, I assume, if we would have been recruiting then. Now we get to see Churchill boss, among other things. And the also, also he's, ki- he's killing it tonight. DePaul is the one other school – that my understanding is was interested at one time in coach Kenny Payne as a head coach. And I believe it was the year before he came to Louisville, if I remember right, but my, my timeline could be a little off. So don't quote me on that, but I do remember at one time, that was the only other school I remember that ever considered hiring him. And obviously that didn't happen. He came to Louisville. Uh, they have had a, a year that looks very much like what we had last year. I mean, when you go, when you go down the, the schedule and look look at the games they played. Uh, it's 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 very very fascinating to look We're at. We're talking about the the Paul schedule right now. The Paul, they are okay, right, well, right hey. now as, as we speak. They're down twenty eight points. Yeah, right I was in. well. I was going to say it's currently sixty two to thirty. Uh, Texas A and M at halftime. Oh, and my, yeah, I'm so it's I'm it's behind. it's worse than that. And Churchill Abbas is uh, one of one from the field, two points and a rebound. So. I'm guessing it was a dunk. How much you want to pay? Probably. Probably. The, the big news there is only one personal foul, though, for 
Sure. So yes, just for just for reference, DePaul lost by ten to Northern Illinois. They lost by sixteen to San Francisco. Uh, they lost. They only lost by five to South Carolina. That's actually surprising. Nineteen to the Iowa State. Yeah, nineteen Iowa State. I actually skipped that one because that's not nearly as bad as uh, they did beat South Dakota. That's their one win. They lost by four to Long Beach State. That's a name you may remember from a tournament like five or six years ago. And Fort Wayne beat them by eight. So in Purdue, uh, Fort Wayne. Purdue, Fort Wayne beat them by by eight. Stand points. up, Fort Wayne. That reminds me a lot of us last year. Now I don't think we had won a game yet this time, so they do have that going for them. But you know, I I actually expect us to win this game. I do. I know the ESPN predictor has like sixty six percent. I don't know what their metrics are. Sixty six percent to Paul, thirty three percent us. The one caveat is we have not won a road or a neutral game under Coach Kenny Payne, so there is that mental hurdle potentially. I just think the Paul is slightly better than Coppin State. Like I think they're like they could probably beat Coppin State by ten points. And that's about that's about as far as I'll go with them. I just think they're absolutely awful. I think we are better than we were last year. Last year's Louisville team versus this year's DePaul team would be the matchup of a lifetime because I don't think either team would win. I think they'd still be playing today if they would have played this game last year because nobody could could find a way to beat the other team. Uh, so if I had to guess, I, I think we're going to have enough firepower to at least outlast DePaul. I think we'll win by anywhere from about eight to – 12 points, uh, give or take. I don't know what you guys think. No, I, I think the big question is how many free throws are we going to shoot? Oh, dude, it's it, it's hard to watch, man. Like Over it's a, under at 52. It's like it's a good strat. It kind of reminds me of UK. And, you know, Ross Ross was a prophet on here. Ross got on here and said if we're smart because we don't run a very sound – we don't have a lot of pieces that mesh well together. We'll do the UK 2014 method that they did under Cal Perry when KP was an assistant with the Harrison twins with this Ram in there. And so, so junk. And then we do that a lot, actually. So he was right on that. It wasn't the Harrison twins. Julius Randall was like a bull in a China shop. Dude. Well, him too. 2014 team. Yeah. The Harrison, would, it was all would, of them. He would get to his left hand. He was low. He would lower his head. And he would just ram to the basket and get fouled. I mean, yeah. Julius Randle drove me nuts throughout that season, just the way he played. I mean, just it was just strictly to get fouled. But I, I mean, I honestly think like I know everyone likes to complain about refs, but I feel like we've gotten a very, very favorable. We have absolutely. I mean. The Yum Whistle has been very, very friendly to Louisville this year. I mean, I know the the charge block in the uh, whatever game that was. I can't, I can't even keep them straight. I know that one was questionable, but even that game was very favorable. The New Mexico State, I mean, man, they 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 we we got a very favorable whistle there. Um, but and then we, UMBC, we hacked them at the very end. You know. Uh, Trey yeah. White did. They just they just swallowed the. They literally they were calling stuff that was much more petty than that on both teams, and whatever reason that play, like we're not going to call that one. And that yeah, one, I, that I one like, lost the game. 
I feel like Texas was the only game we got screwed in. That's true, and that's why I cancel out Texas and UMBC yeah. because I yeah. feel like both of those games kind of canceled out. Yeah, I was mainly talking about games at Yum, but speaking of Texas, I don't think they're going to end up being as good as people think. They just got the break speed off of them tonight. Future, wow. you should have been on here earlier with us. We talked a lot of football for the first 50 or so minutes. Yeah, so check, Texas, check it out. Texas got the break speed off of them tonight. Um yeah, I'm not saying I think Louisville had a great performance against them, but I don't know that Texas is going to be. No, and I bet Shaka was out there for blood. I know Shaka, from what we've heard, is not very interested in, in leaving Marquette. Yeah. Ty's Ty's all about that. Uh, Ty stinky, stinky Shaka is what I like to call him. <laughs> and I see, yeah. I see Shaka's really daddy. Good. Shaka's daddy has entered the chat today too. He said, "Wish we landed Reed Shepard." Uh, is that your that's just your burner title? That's actually uh, my burner. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just, definitely you yeah. because yeah, Shaka would be great here. But when you look at Shaka, I think you uh, you can great. think you can thank Texas for him not being interested in any potential job, and yep. he just got. I mean, he just he's thank you, Texas. He's just so comfortable at Marquette. Um, he he just I think he knows he's in a great spot, and he just feels like the the experiment at Texas really just left a sour taste in his mouth for any potential uh, big job. So I don't know that he'll be interested. Well, Shaka, take it from me. Now, first of all, don't listen to Tyler. He, you know, he, he's never had a good opinion about Shaka. Listen third. to me. You'd hate it here, bro. It'd be awful. Obviously Shaka, you probably listen to third banner pod Wednesday night. You know, you're still playing, but you know, you'll, you'll listen after the game. I'm sure you'll like get on your Spotify, upload it and want to know what we think. What you did at Texas, you went away from your system. We won't make you do that here. Bring that system from VCU and Marquette. Bring it to Louisville. Now, obviously, he's not that interested from what we've heard. Maybe you know, maybe that can change. You never know, but I don't. I, I don't anticipate it changing. So, I don't know what's going on with Tang at Kansas State and his president, but Tang Gang all the way, Ty. We can agree on that one. We go. will always agree on Tang Gang. So I will say not. Not to get on the Texas subject, but Texas is like the place where college basketball coaches go to die, man. I mean, Rick Barnes was there forever. He had some really good players. Never really made a deep run in the tournament. Yep. He's 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 better off now at Tennessee. I call you know? him blow it Barnes because he getting a tournament. He just blow it. Yeah, and, uh, and so what do you Shaka call looks like he's better off at Marquette and. And you've got uh, what do I call Shaka? When he gets to the tournament, what do you call him? Sensational Shaka. He's got a final it's four. Sensational. I don't care about his time at Texas. Everybody bring. Well, what about Texas? Like, I used to be a, a alcoholic drunk every night, but I haven't. Yeah, I call him shaking in his boots, Shaka. When he gets so to the tournament, that's what I call him. Walk in my house now and go, oh, Kyle, are you going to get drunk tonight? I'm afraid you might because that one time ten years ago. You were That's hammered. Not, you don't remember anything. You passed out in your front yard. Okay, but Kyle, you're also – ago, brother. You're also like, glossing – has okay. a completely different on, system. I don't care what he did at Texas. You are glossing over the fact that he was at VCU for like four more years after the Final Four and did nothing – didn't make after. a Final – another one at VCU? Okay, he so didn't make it out of the first Stevens. round. Well, he's not Brad Stevens. He didn't he make two Final He can't make it out of the first round. 
He couldn't Don't make care. it out of the first round. Don't care. Shaka's a sensational Shaka. Nonetheless, we do shit have my a coach. Shaka when he gets to the tournament. We do have a coach, so you know we need to be at least somewhat mindful. I think we all know where this is going. It's a matter of time. I don't mind saying because, you know, it, it got out there. Uh, I know at one time it was kind of not out there. It got out there, but I know the Bellarmine game was a was a was a big time. Like, hey, and I get where people are frustrated. We're like, well, why would there be like a one game that would matter more than the others? And if he wins, why would that keep him? Well, I think here's the thing. I think we all know where this is going, but it's kind of like okay. If you're on your way to divorce and you've filed papers and, you, and you're separated, but you still live at home together, it's awkward enough. But losing to Bellarmine will be the equivalent of like you bringing another partner into the house while we're separated, but we're supposed to be living together. Like, okay, it's ramped up now. Now you need to get the F out. Like we're done. Like now it's like ramped up to like DEFCON level 10. That's kind of what it would have been if we lost to Bellarmine. It's like, yeah, let's see how this goes. Let's give it time. But if we lose the Bellerman, especially without their best player, like, okay, we're going to ratchet this up a little bit. And I don't know. I don't have any information this time around. I just wonder, DePaul is not good. What happens if we lose the DePaul? Because if it was that close, when we were going to lose, if we lost the Bellerman, I mean, we did end up squeaking by that game. And then we lost again to Virginia Tech which I think we're going to find out Virginia Tech's probably not what we're used to them being the last few years either, but we'll see. Uh, so then the question becomes, what if we lose the Beller? Or, I mean, what if we lose the DePaul? Like I said, I'm predicting we're going to win anywhere from 8 to 12 points, and maybe we win by even more because that's just not a good basketball team. Are we having this conversation again if we do end up losing? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think we should, but – and you know, you know more than me, but – I think the significance of, of Bellerman is they're in our city. They were a D2 school not too long ago. And to lose to them twice in a row, I you know, that that's what I think the key to the Bellerman, if, if, if that loss happened, you know, what we'd be looking at Nolan Smith or Danny Manning running the team if, if either one of them wanted to. Yeah, that's, um, that that last part's the key. I don't um, know, but uh, yeah, I you know, DePaul is should be a win, and 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 a loss there should should definitely uh, speed up the process. But I'm not sure if it would. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. When I ask that question, I don't ask it knowing the answer. I'll put it that way. It's just, I don't know. At some point, you you're making a decision. Are we just gonna not have fans? at the arena at all are we just going to have disengaged fan base which if you can put put a string together of wins even if they're ugly you're going to get some more a few people on back on board i do think there's a ceiling on how much engagement you're going to get and it's a very low ceiling but i think you can get a little bit more but if you start losing the like if you, with the way things are now people aren't really buying in like is there a loss on the schedule that just like jump starts it again where it's like Maybe we need to maybe we need to make a quick decision here. I'm looking at that the Paul game, and I mean you have a week to prepare for that game too, almost yeah. a week. And it's just like if you go out there and you're sleepwalking and you lay a dud, I don't know. Uh, Arkansas State might be one of those two. They're two and seven. Yeah, and that's I like uh, 
I actually really like Arkansas State's coach. He uh, he was assistant under Oates. I believe his name is Brian Hodges. And he's okay. got, like, two top 150 kids coming in next year. He's right. got some juice, and they play a style where they just shoot – like, they play a Nate Oates style where it's all threes and layups. Um, so, I wouldn't be surprised if that game's close. I like that coach a lot. But, yeah, I mean, they're not any good. I mean, the, like, you should win – I mean – you should win these next three games fairly easily. And I'm not saying that if you do, that there shouldn't be any credit or any praise. Because, I mean, look, winning three games, I mean, that. Three games, three games at this point. Yeah. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We and, win three games in a row. I might, on. I mean, I might shoot off the gun again outside of my country backyard and let it go viral again like I did when Ruben Owens committed, which, by the way, ended up being the most wasted local viral video I finally made it locally and then for nothing. Anyway, that aside, I mean, that's where I'm at. A desperate times call for desperate measures. I might have myself a party if we win three games in a row. I don't care who the hell it's against. So what do you all think? Um, do you all – what is your all's take on, like, the team, you know, being, you know, more nervous at home and playing better, like, away from the um, – They don't play – I mean, they've never won a game away. I, I've seen that argument, and I actually – you know, quoted a, a tweet about a week ago. And I was like, this is just utter blasphemy. And I, and I said, with all due respect, this is utter blasphemy. I'm not saying that people aren't playing nervous or tight at home, but I don't think it's because they're at home, especially when there's not very many people there. The thing is the people that are there are, are very loyal diehards that I think are probably cheering no matter what and props to them. Yeah, that's you know, what I was gonna say. Like, I, don't, I don't think it's like these hardcore. Like, I'm coming to this game tonight, and I'm gonna boo the hell out of them if they suck, because like those people are the ones that are like, I'm not coming to that game. I'm done. Like, if those people, you have those people engaged in being like obnoxious for about a few games, maybe. But if you continue to lose, they they're the ones that say, screw this, I'm done, I'm leaving, and then you're left with the rest. And then the other thing is. If we had a better road and neutral court record than we do at home, that argument would make more sense. But literally every game we've won has been at the Yum Center. So I just don't understand that logic. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, the games that I've been to at home this year, like the people that are there, I mean, they're like as positive mm-hmm. as you can be. Like in look, all credit in the world of the people doing that. Like those are the fans right. that like every fan base needs, like you need those people that are, are going to show up. They're not, they're going to cheer their asses off and they're going to be positive no matter what, like every fan base needs those people. And look, yeah, props I mean, to them. my experience, the people that are at those games, I mean, though they're being as positive as they can be. Um, they're overly supportive. You know, I haven't heard any booze, the games that I've been at. Like, so I, I don't, I'm with you that on that call. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't know. Do you guys have anything else tonight? We talked about portal recruiting. For anybody that missed it earlier, uh, feel free to, you know, rewind it back to the very beginning. Ty, Ty Spalding, Louisville Rivals publisher, joined us. Broke down what he's hearing in the portal, and we talked about a lot of that. And then we just finished up with the game this week in the game of the century, Louisville versus DePaul, with the entire nation watching this game because they want to see sound basketball at the highest level of the Power Six. So, mm-hmm. did you guys have anything else for us? Ty, Elliot, Patrick? Pat, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, uh, I think I've kind of grown, I, you know, I know people are skeptical on, on Chuck. I've, I've watched some film. He's grown on me. Um, I like the talent there. I like, I like his ability to be able to, to run, um, throw the ball down the field. It's going to be, I'm excited if he can stay healthy because I think we're going to see a different offense next year. Not that our offense wasn't good this year. It was very good, but it's going to be a more, I think, fast-paced, big play offense next year, whereas this year it was kind of a grind it out, keep the ball in, in, in your bread and butter, the running back's hands. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about Chuck and seeing what he can do here. I totally agree. Um, let's just hope he stays healthy. He's got the talent. We've talked about it. You could see it. Just hope he stays healthy. And then I want to also mention, you know, anybody that that doesn't have a subscription or doesn't check it out, go check out Ty Spaulding. You can find him on Twitter at Ty Spaulding. Check out his rival site. He's always dropping good stuff there, and he's good to us to come on Works here. Works hard and share good information. Share great yeah. stuff. So um, go give him a shout-out. Go check him out, guys. And uh, we can't thank him enough for coming on tonight. And, All right. and don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't yet. And again, like and subscribe. The most, the more likes we get, the more portal commitments we will get. So just keep those likes up. All right. Thank you, guys. Go Cards. Go Krogering. Let's go Cards. That was for Raw.